And we are back with another installment of the number one rated business show right here on The Real 1100 AM. I'm your host, Kevin C. Pride, and we're having some technical difficulties today. That's quite all right. We're going to make it through. In studio with me, I got the one and only Ken Rye. How you doing today, Mr. Rye? I'm good, man. Thank you for having me. Thank Not you Not a so problem, much, man. man. And also to my left, sitting in, just in case we need an extra voice, <laughs> we got the one and only Miss Norma Stanley. Hey, How you doing today? I'm great. How is everybody? We are doing wonderful, and your voice sounds so beautiful. Oh, well, thank you very much. As always, please join me out in, uh, if you're out in the Douglasville area, please join me at 2115 Fairburn Road out in Jumpin' Joy. Uh, we are back open. We got a brand new disinfected facility. I mean, we got brand new trampolines. We done painted. We done went in. We done fixed all our little issues or whatever. I saw the, saw the comments. Okay. <laughs> we have addressed everything that y'all have asked us to, uh, but please bring your family out. I know everybody's still a little nervous or whatever. Wear your mask. We are doing so social distancing and i promise you it is a safe environment bring your kids come have some fun at jump and joy we got food we got trampolines we got a state-of-the-art state-of-the-art arcade i gotta think of something new to say because that state-of-the-art <laughs> arcade that's a little bit much all right also if you done picked up a little of that covid weight like myself i'm a little upset with myself but I am about 20 pounds more than what I should be. But I am working out with my good friends <laughs> over at Titans Fitness. So if you are in the Smyrna area, anywhere in that surrounding area, please check out my friends over at Titans Fitness. They are at 1834 South Industrial, hold on, uh, Industrial South Cobb Drive. So right there on South Cobb Drive, you'll see the Industrial Boulevard right there. Go to Titans.net to get more information. And the phone number if you want to ask any questions. But please join us while we are working out, getting off this COVID weight. Y'all y'all dealing with the COVID? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I keep telling folks <laughs> I got the COVID. They was like, what? Get away from me. <laughs> I was like, no, nah, brother, wait. Not the disease. <laughs> we also have some very special guests joining us today. As always, once again, I got Ken Rye from Hot Ice Entertainment and Ken Rye Marketing sitting right in studio with me again. Uh, Norma Stanley, my PR professional, but also joining us very soon, we have young Triandos Thornton from TNN Bowties and the co-founder of Experience On Demand, Dominique Mitchell, will be joining us a little bit later in the program. So, how are we doing today? Good, man. Good. Congratulations to you, by the way. This is a wonderful forum that you created. Thank you. Thank you so much, man. I've been, I've been trying to work on it. We have now officially been on radio uh, for over a year now. Right. right here on the Real 1100 AM, we are the number one rated business show. Ain't that right, G-Money? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that's all right. He ain't got to say nothing. Uh, so, joining us very, very soon, we got a young man. His, uh, he is Trey Ando Thornton. The guy is eight years old. He is the CEO of his own business. It's TNN Bowties, and they are actually... Uh, they are actually uh, co-founded by him and his younger brother, which if you can get younger than eight in business, then. <laughs> a young entrepreneur. Uh, I can't wait to talk to him. He, he's a great young man. So tell me a little bit before we get started with that, though. Tell me a little bit about Kenrod Marketing. 
Um, so I've been in marketing for 30 years, <laughs> <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, started off on the agency side, worked with Burrell Communications Group for years. We talk about a lot of our mutual friends in the industry, uh, work with clients like AT&T, McDonald's, Ford, Home okay. Depot. Um, if I had the opportunity to keep one foot in corporate while also maintaining my own company, and uh, so for me, it's all about consumer marketing, product marketing, and then on the entertainment side, event marketing and production. Wow. Now, on the event marketing side, because I we, we also uh, own a marketing company as well, Influencer 365, but on the event side, how's that going for you guys? Because, I mean, we, we had to do the pivot, too. We started doing, the, you know, big shift and started doing a lot of stuff online. But do you actually see events coming back this year? I'm going to be live within the next two weeks. So, yes. Um, but, you know, we're also very conscious, obviously, of what all the new parameters are around it. Um, you know, we find that we'll be increasingly do. So one of the things that I made a niche is okay. intimate concerts, right? Okay. So doing shows in 300-seat venues, 150 venues in Atlanta, Chicago, other places. Obviously, people don't feel quite as comfortable now being in confined spaces. Of course. So, the pivots are twofold. One, just from a socially distancing standpoint, figuring out new business models now where you can have fewer people but still have quality entertainment. Okay. Um, and then, quite honestly, you know, I've done festivals in the past, so it's back to the outside whenever possible. Where people okay. People can get a little bit further out. You know, Live Nation just announced that they're doing drive-in concerts at a limited number of places. Drive-in. Drive-in concerts, okay. right. So that within a 12 by 12 grid, you can have your car in there, and then there are different technologies, whether it's radio frequency or other technologies where people can still get the benefit of that live experience, still get the interaction of being around other people, but still socially distant. I, 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 I got to be honest with you. You know, it's a little hard for me to listen to And don't get me wrong. I, I got a lot of political friends, and they <laughs> mad at me every time I say this. But it's a little hard for me to keep... Uh, pushing this whole social distancing thing and, you know, we don't need to be together and all this type of stuff. And we saw all these people out here protesting, bunched up together. Uh, luckily, most of them was wearing masks, but they definitely wasn't social distancing and this type of stuff. But y'all still want to keep us shut down and limited to 50 people. Right. I think it's a, I, 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 honestly, I don't think it's a great idea. And I think in the long term, it's really hurting our economy more than anything. I just came back from Orlando with uh, my daughters. We went down to uh, Universal. Sure. And with Universal, I mean, as soon as you get to uh, Universal City Walk, they're taking your temperature. Yep. They're making sure that uh, you're wearing a mask. Yep. Anytime that you're in line, they're making sure that you're doing the social distancing that you need to be doing. Right. Uh, anytime before you get on a ride or do anything, then they, they have um, hand sanitizer and everything for you. So, I, I mean, honestly, I think that's the way to do it. Right. I think that's the, the best way. But keeping everything closed, keeping folks confined at home, threatening to shut down business again. I, I just don't see that as a viable way to keep us going and, and help our economy any. Yeah, well, you know, we're very deliberate in terms of when we're bringing back up shows because okay. there is, um, so there are opinions out there that we could see another spike come mid-July. Okay. And, you know, the other thing, too, is that obviously I have to work closely with the city of Atlanta, with okay. our area municipalities, and, you know, they're the ones that are really kind of setting up the parameters, you know. Okay. In some cases, they're not issuing any new event permits or things of that nature. So it's almost like being a contortionist in the box, right? Okay. You know, how do you keep business going? How do you um, continue to express your value in live entertainment but do it within the parameters? So, yes, temperature checks, 
um, making sure that uh, waivers, you know, um, you know, there are people who uh, have had, you know, very negative response to waivers, but it's, it's necessary because nobody, certainly I don't want to be responsible right. for making someone sick or, you know, like really we need to make sure that you know if you're coming, it's... You're taking a chance. Right. And that I do agree with. I, I think nobody wants to be that one spot that that has that next outbreak. But, you know, uh, I'm, I'm starting to get the numbers now for Georgia. And, and we've been tracking the numbers at the Atlanta Business Journal since all this stuff happened. We actually get them from John Hopkins. Mm-hmm. But I think a big thing of what we're seeing, everybody talking about these spikes, I think more so what you're seeing now is just a result of doing a lot more testing right. than what you're actually seeing real spikes. Right. Because most of the time, the spikes that they're talking about uh, happen, like, for instance, um, uh, I can't think of the last date that uh, they actually had the uh, protest, but they want to sit up here and, and put a spike in the numbers on the same day as the protest. I'm like, well, there's no way in the world that the data can be accurate on that because <laughs> they're protesting right now, and y'all talking about we got a spike today. Did y'all test these people and get positive results today, or are we looking at results from a couple weeks ago? Well, so, and keep in mind, though, right, that it protests were going on, but it was also Memorial Day weekend, right? Yep. So everybody had already been pent up in the house, and everybody was trying to get out at the same time. Oh, yeah. So it's it's hard to attribute that specifically to the protests. Yeah. And then, uh, I, and don't get me wrong, y'all folks said the beach is wrong, okay? Because I wanted to go to the beach. I wanted to go to the beach before July. I might still pull it off. I ain't sure. But now they're closing the beaches back down because nobody was social distancing. and everybody they're getting drunk and just right on top of each other. And then now uh, you're starting to see these huge pipes uh, come out of uh, Florida, and I think it was a couple more beach town that we starting to see some spikes come from. So yeah, and and you know, um, you know, we've got Caribbean family, right? And West Indians have a cure for everything, right? <laughs> so you know, you know there's certain things that we should have always been paying attention to, like hygiene and keeping your immune system up. Like yeah. those are the kind of things, really, just period, we should be doing. Um, and I think we've just still got so much more learning as it relates to this particular virus. Well, joining us right now, he is a eight-year-old CEO and entrepreneur. His name is Triandos Thornton. How you doing? Welcome to the program, young man. Thank you. Thank you for having me on. <laughs> How you doing tonight, man? Good. How are you? <laughs> I am doing wonderful, man. First of all, I got to say once again, thank me, thank you for having me on your show uh, last week. I had a blast uh, sitting there speaking with you. Um, Thank you. <laughs> now, tell us a little bit about TNN. What's that now? It was my pleasure. <laughs> tell us a little bit about your business and, and, and tell us about TNN Bowties. I'm the founder and president of China Bow Ties and Apparel. We sell bow ties, regular neckties, cufflinks for men and women's scarves. You can find us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and you can also shop online at com. Now, why did you start a business doing bow ties? Because one day I was in my room, and my dad was in his room getting ready for a comedy show. I went in his room, and I said, I want to wear bow ties. Then I went back to my mom. And I said, can I start a bow tie business? And she said, yes. Wow. Okay. <laughs> you sure he's not like 40, 45 years old? I know, old? right? <laughs> he got a great story and everything. Like, you got all the all the, the little mix of the success that you're going to need, I, I promise you. Now, how long have you guys been doing this? We've been doing it for three years now. Okay. And is it just you and your younger brother? 
Yes, it's just me and my younger brother who started it. Now, tell us. A, uh, my brother is the vice president. And how is your little brother? He is five years old. <laughs> and tell me what part of the company he runs. He runs the sorting out the bow ties and <laughs> picking out the colors and the designs. Inventory design. I know, right? <laughs> awesome. Now, now, tell us a little bit. Uh, so, you you do both sides. I see that you're on Instagram and all this type of stuff. This is a lot for an eight year old. Where where do you get all this all this 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 courage from to be able to do this type of stuff and to do it at the level that you're doing it? Because I mean, man, you at the level of starting to compete with some grown folks. My mom and my dad helped me um, keep pushing. Also, my grandma and my um, papa. Because they support my business. All right. Now, do you uh, have you experienced any problems running a business yet? Are you starting to understand some of the headaches business owners have to go through? Yes, I am. Tell us, a, tell us a little bit about some of the problems that you experienced. COVID slowed my business down a little, but I keep pushing. Wow. Now, now tell us about how COVID has stopped stopped your business. Um, we used to go to little areas where we could set up, but now we have to run all of it online. Okay. Now, is that is that helping you more or is it hurting you a little bit? It's actually helping because I started my business online. Okay. Now, did you learn about being online or is that something that your parents came up with or was it your idea? It was both. My, my mom helped me, like, like um, like um, check the bow ties out. Okay. And I like um, she shows like many on the screen, and I pick which one I want okay. for my business. Wow. Now I'm I'm looking at the website now. You got a lot of bow ties. I don't see no just regular neckties because I'm a power tie type person. You got some power ties for me. Yeah, we have um. Regular neckties, cufflinks for men, and women for scarves. Now, what is your, your biggest seller? What'd you say? What's your biggest seller? My bow tie, my um, pre-tied bow tie. Okay. Yeah, I would probably need a pre-tied bow tie because I can't I, I can't tie no bow tie. I can, cut, I can tie a regular necktie, but not necessarily a bow tie. Yo. I got a video to help you show you. Wow. Well, I tell you what. Right this second, I am on your website and I am purchasing the Universal Pick, the gold power tie that you got on here. It's one of our top sellers. It's one of your top sellers, the solid honey gold traditional tie. So, if somebody wants to support your business and they want to uh, purchase their own ties, where can they go once again? I also raise um, money for homeless. Wow. How are you raising money for homeless? Um, people are making donations. I, um, I have a little, it's called Atlanta Mission. Okay. I help, I help the homeless. So I made this, um, little website and people make, donate money to help the homeless. Wow. That is a beautiful thing, man. You are an awesome young man. First of all, let me tell you that. And I wish you all the success in the world. I just ordered a bow tie. And I'm hoping that I, how long does your shipping take now? Because I see what the shipping costs. How long did it take to get it? Two. Okay. Two. 
Wait, what does he mean? <laughs> I think somebody feeding you answers. <laughs> He's asking the shipping because of COVID. This is mom. Hello, Kevin. How you um, doing Because today? of COVID, he uh, and his brother usually go to shipping, but obviously due to the threat of COVID, um, my husband and I have done the shipping for him. So usually it takes two days. <laughs> where did you, where'd you come up with this awesome young man? Like, how did you get, did, was he born this way? He just came out the world and said, Mom, I want my own business. <laughs> He is his such an awesome story, young guy. His story. Hold on. He wants to say something. Okay. When I was a baby, my mom put bow ties and we went to church. So I think that's how I um, got it to really like bow ties. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, in, in, in his own words, as he explained to you, my husband, his dad, is a Kappa. Kappas, okay. as you may know, are known for bow ties, yes. known for them. And he, dad loves it. He's a bow tie enthusiast. He, he's right. As mom, I would put bow ties on him as a, a young infant. And he loved it. He, he loved looking in the mirror. He loved trying to play with it. And literally, his story, Kevin, it's true. He, his dad kept wearing them. He said, I want to wear them, and I want to sell them. And, you know, I know you're a dad. I'm a mom. Kids say a lot of things. Oh, yeah. And he asked us about three times, and I said, there's something to it. Here is this child. And he started at five years old on his own. He was in pre-K. He kept pushing um, saying, help me start it. And I said, you know what, if I can do other things, I can certainly help my child, my firstborn, my oldest with his business dream. And you know, kids will say something and then three days later, they change their mind or they're not playing with the toy anymore. But um, he and his brother have consistently for the three years, um, he, he wanted his business. He keeps going. So he really drives it. He determines the price. Of course, my husband and I help consult with him on what's reasonable, fair market. Um, but it literally is an authentically ran kid bow tie retailer. He wow. makes the decisions. Um, you know, everything boils down to him. His brother, the vice president, a five-year-old now, um, does help him, as you said, sorting out the colors. Um, he helps us with the shape. He does the counting of it. So that's important. But I will say for all the parents that are listening, for us, it is about the business. It's about pushing youth entrepreneurship. But it also goes hand-in-hand hand with his educational experience. Mm-hmm. And one of the things they don't really – focus on a lot, especially in the primary schools, is entrepreneurship. And so we want that to be a part of his educational journey and his brothers. And and interesting enough, when he grows up, tell, tell him, Kevin, what do you want to do? I want to be a doctor. I also want to be an engineer. I also want to be a filmmaker. Wow. <laughs> You got a busy, so, you got a busy future ahead of you. <laughs> it does, and so you notice one of the things he did mention was being a business owner of a bow tie business, and we're okay with that. Right now, he's interested. Um, we just pray that he and his brother and all the children out there reach their potential for whatever they want to do. So, you know, ideas change and come, but so far, three years in, he's still very enthusiastic and passionate about selling and marketing his bow ties, and every chance he gets. He put the bow tie on, and even at home quarantining, he wanted to put on a shirt uh, with a collar and the bow tie. So we've kept that tradition going, even though he's not necessarily going to the festivals and the pop-up shops as before. I got to wow. tell you, I'm, I'm envisioning this 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 like young man with a black enterprise already in his hand. Do do you, Thank you. Do, do you already like you know he's already such an inspirational story. Um, does he mentor other young people or show other you know because this is something that I think folks tried to do years back is is really try to train young people to be entrepreneurs. Do you all get a chance to talk to other young people and kind of coach and mentor them to do the same? He does, and interesting enough, he uh, his friends um, have taken an interest, and their parents, their moms have told me. Um, because of him, they, the kid wants to start a lemonade business or a popcorn business. And anything we can do to encourage that, we do. In fact, 
he just hosted his second annual Kids Business Expo, where he was the moderator, and it was virtual this year due to wow. COVID, of course. Um, but he uh, moderated. He had speakers on from all over the country. Um, these were adults and teen and kidpreneurs talking about their experience. So for us, it is a platform, and, and we thank you, Kevin, for making that purchase. We just saw it come across. But it's also, it's, <laughs> thank you, it's bigger than the finances of it, though, because for my husband and I, it's about building a legacy in him, one, having the confidence, where we believe that every child, regardless of zip code, and that's so important for us, are introduced to life skills. And those life skills are, one, knowing how to tie a bow tie, knowing how to tie a traditional tie, not when you're necessarily 18 and 19 going for that job, but you're a kid, he can tie, and there are tutorials that he's done exclusively on his own, my husband has filmed, where he ties the bow tie. He's teaching adults who've given us feedback of thank you, Triendo, thank you, Noah, for showing us with the bow tie. He makes it simple the way he explains it. I can do it even as his mom. So it's about a platform that really is trying to reach as many kids as possible. Again, trying to bring some equality to a conversation, um, introducing children to certain life skills. And, of course, none of us can choose which zip code we're in, which family we're in, which experiences. But we're on a mission to provide quality economical items for sale, and we're putting on conferences and virtual summits for children of all backgrounds to come and participate in. Well. Number one, like I say, we got to commend you on on raising a great son because I, I promise you that 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 young man is definitely going some places. Thank y'all so much for being a guest, uh, Triandos. You have my my full support. Anything that we can do with the number one rated business show to help you out, as well as the Atlanta Business Journal, y'all feel free to hit me up. Y'all can uh, tag me on Instagram or, or let me know what you got going on. And trust me, I'm one of your biggest supporters now, and I'll be more than happy to help support and uh, push out what you guys are doing. Thank you. Thank you. Also joining us on the line today, he is the co-founder of Experience on Demand, uh, Dominique Mitchell. How are you doing today, Mr. Dominique? Man, I'm blessed and highly favored. Woke up this morning. Can you hear me okay? <laughs> yeah, we can hear you pretty good. Uh, and for all my folks on Facebook, we do realize we are having some audio issues. We're using a brand new program to try to stream this to multiple networks, so I apologize. I appreciate everybody that's sticking on with me and giving me all the comments. I saw somebody shoot a bird at me. That's all right. I understand. <laughs> I understand. It is quite all right. But how you doing today, man? Like I said, brother, I'm blessed. I woke up this morning, so I'm still in my purpose. That's wonderful. I'm standing. I'm also sitting here with Miss Norma Stanley and uh, Mr. Ken Rye. What's going on, everyone? How are you? Blessed. Now, I've, we, we've talked about Experience Demand several times on here. I've had Abdul on the show. We've had Rashad on the show. I've done, you know, some stuff with Christopher Martin and, and, and Rodney. But tell me from your perspective, uh, why did you guys start Experience on Demand? Just because of the reason why Facebook is messing up right now. We own it. <laughs> I hear you. <laughs> um, when you really think about it, brother, we've been on everyone else's platform for over 25, 30 years. Okay. We've never owned anything as African Americans of the distribution part about this. So when you really think about it, this, brain, this network is a brainchild of three African American men, each from different backgrounds, who came together to start a different streaming network that we actually own. We're the only ones that give shows, channels, and networks. Think about what I just said. Wow. Uh, Netflix, think about what we just said. Tyler Perry, who's incredible, what he has done is so incredible, but he doesn't own the distribution. He has to go to BET. 
Okay. Just go to New Line and all the different things. We actually have, we want to take it to a step where Tyler Perry has it, um, where Sidney Poitier has it. Owning the distribution outlets to movies, sitcoms, plays to two billion homes. Wow. That's why, right there. Now, uh, now, don't get me wrong. Explain this to our audience and, and let them understand, once again, why this is so important to d- control those distribution rights. Because I think a lot of people don't know these backside deals that Netflix and other companies uh, make with these these young producers. And they give them, you know, here's 20 grand for your film, and then they're going to make millions mm-hmm. off of it. So kind of explain that to some of, some of these young content creators. Would love to. Thank you for that opportunity. Think about this. You have so many people on YouTube right now. You have so many people that go to Netflix and HBO, and they say, hey, I love your movie, or I love the script. Here's $100,000. Here's a half a million dollars for that script. Now they own the copyrights. Now, on the back end, they make millions and millions of dollars. Where we said, wait a minute, we don't want to give you the upfront money. We want to teach you to be entrepreneurs for the back end money. So here's what we're going to do we're going to help you get this movie done. We're going to help you get your own network. And then we're going to help you with 100,000 people watching your movie, your sitcom, per month for $5. Let's just say $5. That's a half a million dollars, six million a year. Or wow. you don't surpass your 100000 and you get to keep your copyrights. And you get to keep music distribution into that. And you continue to put content on every time that you want. And you get 100% of your commercials, unlike, unlike YouTube, where you can't control your commercials. And they put everything and anything that they want oh, yeah. on there, and you have no, nothing to say about it. Oh, yeah. On the uh, Atlanta Business Journal, we use uh, Google Ads uh, a lot. And it's, it's nothing to open up. And here we got with these Trump support ads. <laughs> and it's like, so how are y'all going to do that to us? So I, I definitely get it on that part. Exactly. Man, just think about just think about you having uh, an old something that you did three years ago. You said, man, I did this three years ago, but I, I was shopping and I, and I couldn't do that. Let me take this to experience on a man and put this on a show. Well, let's just say you charged $2 to watch that. And 100,000 people around the world in six months saw it for $2. Okay. Think about that. Wow. Think how much money, 200000 or $300,000 that you've made are from owning your own distribution. You're doing the same exact thing. We're not asking you to do nothing different than what you did on Facebook, what you did on YouTube, what you did on Instagram. Nothing different. Where there was one time where you only had one Facebook friend. Remember those days? Oh, yeah. And you stayed on there all day long to get it to 200, <laughs> to get it to 300, to get it to 400. You worked for Mark Zuckerberg every single day for free. And wow. he got paid completely on Instagram. And you stayed on there, what, for 10, 15 years? What if you did that same exact exuberation that you have for Facebook for your own distribution and you worked as hard as you did for 15 years for Facebook for less than six months on your own? Wow. You know, off mic, we were talking about um, content, you know, the range of content that's out there. Everything that's out there is not necessarily the best quality. The fact that you're doing development funds is a big thing. Like, what is your criteria for determining whether or not you're going to invest in somebody's content? Well, that's the best part about it. We don't invest 
financially in the content. What we do is we actually help them with their shows, channels, and networks. Because if we invested in the content, then we're doing exactly what Netflix and everything else does. So what we do is we help people with their shows, channels, and networks. And we have cameras that they can rent. We have everything that they can do to facilitate the movies, the sitcoms, and the plays. And what we help them with is showing them and developing them. See, there's a big part that these kids on YouTube don't understand. It's called development, a lost art. Birth on the earth what you are worth and stop giving away your purpose. Wow, okay. I have to record that. <laughs> you got to write that one down and send it to me so I can push it back out. <laughs> 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 no, man, I, 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 I definitely love what you guys are doing over there. Uh, and, and, of course, I'm, I'm trying my best to get our stuff up so we can get over there with you guys. What, what do you have coming up next? Because you guys just finished a, a huge pay-per-view with Rodney Perry. I heard that was a big success for you. Uh, and I know that y'all are bringing bigger and bigger uh, content creators over. So what, what's the future of this network, or where are you trying to take this network to? Well, the future of the network is, first of all, let's just break down what do we have. It's an honor to work with a bunch of great executives. Uh, first of all, my, my brother Kenneth, my brother Gerald Poe, um, we have female CEO, Miss Jasmine, uh, Rashad, our COO, Bernadette. We have so many people at Experience on Demand that can help you become the entrepreneur that you are. So what I'm going to do is give you an exclusive right now, okay? <laughs> I'm going to give you an exclusive right okay. now for everyone that's listening. He's, she, he's the first one to understand to, what we're about to do is so incredible because you asked the question. So I need you to ask me that question one more time so everyone can hear what I'm about to say. So what is the future of Experience on Demand? The future of Experience on Demand is all about live shows, all okay. about movies, sitcoms, plays. You, we were blessed to have a play from Kid and Play on there and, and on, on your show. So what we're about to do is I need people to go to xodlive.com right now, right now at this particular time on your computer, xodlive.com. This is the exclusive right now. You ready okay. for this? Oh, man. Like, Are you serious? Yeah. I see Snoop Dogg. I see. Okay. Are you ready? Two times. Are you ready? Say it. All right. Oh, man. How'd you pull this off? No, brother. Say it. Tell them world, world, what you're looking at right now. XOD Live pay-per-view. The 11th of what? July 11th. A <laughs> hundred of your favorites, audience, comedians. And entertainers live. You got Fat Joe, Rick Ross, what? I mean, Snoop Dogg, Bruce Bruce, Big Boy. I mean, man, come on. We got seven hours of di six different shows in seven hours, starting with Gospel, with J.J. Harrison, Dietrich Haddon, Carlette Martin, Miss Babby Mason, some of, your, uh, some of your best gospel artists. Then we have a uh, Two Chains. Then we have, hold it. You missed Billy Ray Cyrus. I see Billy Ray Cyrus in here. I'm like, is this is you serious with Billy Ray? You missed Paul Rodriguez. You missed Bruce Bruce. Mm -hmm. oh, you missed DC Youngfly. Man, you you missed John Messina. You missed Roy James. You missed Dietrich Haddon Snoop. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Kiki Shear, Johnny Gill. You missed the beautiful Lisa Ray. 
Oh, yeah. I, I see her down here. You ain't got her in the main pick up, up top. I see her down here, oh. though. Do me a favor. Click that video for a second. For ladies only? Yeah, yes. Click that video that you see. I need everybody who's listening. XODlive.com. Click that video. Oh, man. Awesome. This is, man, this is amazing. It's like I knew you, you guys had some, some major stuff in the works. But hold on. So nine ninety nine is what you charge mm-hmm. for all this content from Listen, let me, top let me creators in our in our community. Let me explain something to you, and this means something. One thing my business manager always praises, Gerald Poe, always says, "When you own it, when you own it, when you own it." Listen, we don't have to charge two hundred dollars and such and such because we own the distribution. We own it. So we don't have to do this. Is a, the community right now needs to laugh. The community needs something right now. Man, okay, we're not going to be like the rest of these folks charging all of this. So we have a special now. Get in order right now for ten dollars and watch some of your best gospel artists, your best comedians artists, your best country artists, everything that you've ever wanted. Just sit down and relax and watch it. If you don't want to watch the whole thing. Pick an hour and watch what you want to see. Y'all even got Fat Sinbad J- coming back, man. I ain't seen Sinbad in I don't know how long. Ah, uh, brother, yes. Oh, man. Yes. XODlive.com. Man, y'all y'all are doing some some major things, man. I, I was not now, expecting if you remember, that one. This time, if you remember this time last year, we was in Memphis, Tennessee. We were the first one to do Floyd Mayweather live boxing, Okay. Wow. He retired, and he's a boxing promoter, along with Mike Dockery and a lot of people in Memphis that helped us with that, okay? Uh, Length the King, where we actually did the first live match, not HBO, not Cinemax, not BET, XOD Live. We filmed it. It's directly on. So if you go to XOD, if you, everyone download the XOD Network right now on your phone, XOD Network, the app. You will see that fight and so many more content from your favorite artists. Wow, man. Uh, this is like, and, and I, I have to say, the first time I sat down and, and met with Ken and the rest of the team, the, the main thing I was just so impressed in and how well implemented and how good this network actually looks. I have seen a lot of folks come to me talking about I got my own network and we on Roku, <laughs> we got this, we got that. But, man, y'all have implemented this thing. It looks like A1 professional. And, and you're ready to compete with Netflix and everybody else, man. Like, seriously, y'all, y'all have got a stellar platform. And with the type of content creators that y'all are bringing to this thing, man, it's, this is going to be a huge success. Well, it already Thank is a huge brother. success. I'm, I'm, I'm watching it in real time. It's hard to say, but you know, looking back, it's like looking at the start of BET all over again. <laughs> yes, yes, very much so. And I, I've been blessed to work at BET as one of the producers of Comic View, and I've seen a lot of mistakes that we've made throughout the years. So, building XOD, we saw the mistakes that other companies made. Think about this. Think about this last thing I want to say. Think about if Russell Simmons owned HBO and then put Death Comedy Jam on his own network. Well, guess what? That means he would have Martin. He would have the Steve Harvey show. He would have had so many other things that he could have invested in. But since you didn't own it, you didn't have that opportunity. So those are the, some of the mistakes that we have saw, and we said, no, 
we're going to own this and give the opportunity to these artists, and then they can come back with their own network shows, and they can make double man. and triple. What, what you guys are doing, man, like I say, you, you guys are pushing out a stellar product, and, and I'm I'm just glad to be a part of it at this point. Like, seriously. <laughs> I was Listen, not brother. expecting what you just showed <laughs> me right there. You, you the just exclusive. blew my mind. <laughs> That's why I gave you the exclusive, brother. Since day one, since you was day one, you know, I, I thank you for that young lady sitting right next to you because <laughs> day one, you guys saw it, you believed in it. That's why I want to give you the exclusive. Nobody heard anything except for at this show about our pay-per-view coming up. Wow. Well, I'm glad we got the exclusive, man. Don't keep it a secret. We got we to promote this. Everybody <laughs> yeah, know about we got to promote it now. We got to promote <laughs> it now. Oh, uh, yeah. Awesome. So, so what, what's next for you, man? You, you, you've already launched a successful network. It's obviously going to be a huge success for years to come. What, what else you got going on other than XOD? Man, let me tell you something. XOD is enough. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the best part about it is our entrepreneurs with our executives, we're building so many different entrepreneurs with the um, with our different foundations that we have, the What's Positive Movement, Um, And so many of our drone programs, getting them into the high schools, getting them into the schools so the kids can actually learn drones and learn what they need to do and move forward. It's so many different things that we're doing for the community, especially now, because as you see, the best part of what God has did, God has Goliath on oxygen. (laughs) <laughs> okay, and now David can come on in and understand and take over. And by the time Goliath wake up, we're just as big as that. See, what has happened is now we have our certificate of perseverance. Okay, okay? once you have that, you have to understand great lessons are learned when the stakes are high, and you have to define your purpose. And we are right there, right at that position. That's where we at. That, that's a beautiful thing, man, the, the work that y'all are doing. And just so a lot of y'all young content creators out there, you can get paid almost $400 for five minutes of drone video. That's how powerful mm-hmm. that certification in drone photography is, and that's really the reason why they instilled this this uh, whole certification in the first place because mm-hmm. they found out how much money was actually involved in it. So now they're, they're requiring these certifications for you to be able to fly these drones, especially in a lot of these different areas where airplanes have to fly. So it's right. it's so powerful what y'all doing, man, and and definitely we appreciate you, and I thank you for your time, and I definitely thank you for joining the show. Next time you got to come in and be a live studio <laughs> guest, though, man. Yes, brother, we're going to make that happen after the COVID. <laughs> I hear you, brother. Thank you so much, Dominique, and thank you for all the support. Congratulations. Appreciate you, man. Thank you so much. All right. All right. Awesome. Ken, I hope you got some big news. I can't follow up. You know, <laughs> I've been to You got, got an eight-year-old CEO. Eight-year-old CEO <laughs> you know, you got a brother that owns his own pay-per-view network. What? I'm well, just I'm excited oh, man. that I actually will have a show on XOD Congratulations. down the road. Yes. Uh, we're working on that right now. Yes, we are. Are you going to give us a, what, any, any well, hints you know, on what the content? Well, you know, is about the disability community, so yes. it's called Disability World, and uh, we're, we're recording and getting that ready right now, so hopefully the first show will air in July. You've done a lot with entertainment and disabilities. That is really where my, my heart is, and, um, you know, the Nella Joy side of me, the singer side of me, as well as the public relations side of me, you know, they're coming together and uh, trying to maximize awareness about that community. You know, my daughter is, is my reason why. How do people find out a little bit more about 
about some of the work that you do on the disability side? Well, just Google you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah pretty much. There you go. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty much Google me. Um, you know, I, I work with Kenneth, Kevin. <laughs> putting your names together um, on, a, on a lot of different projects. But, yeah, everything I do pretty much has a basis. I do Nella Joy Nation, which is a radio show um, on um, Beat Talk 100, and we talk about the disability community. The whole thing is that, you know, it's such a viable and huge population that not enough people um, are really giving enough attention to. And so my goal is to help, you know, become a change agent in some way by using the various platforms. So, you know, the radio show, my PR, my speaking, the different things that I do as a journalist and all these things is really just to heighten the awareness so we can help to enhance the quality of life for people in this population and um, to give them a voice. And so that's part of my purpose, and that's what I'm doing. And the disability world is the next aspect of that. I, I, can I just hang out with y'all? I mean, you know, can I just, can I just hang out with y'all? I'm going to need you to be a guest for about 15 more minutes, and then we can go hang out. <laughs> But no, nah, man, it, it's all about you now. Tell us about Hot Ice Entertainment. Did I get it right? Hot Ice? Mm-hmm. Hot all Ice, right. Hot Ice Entertainment Group. It's a production company that I started with my late business partner, Ken Beatty. Okay. Um, years and years and years ago. And when he passed, um, really, we couldn't stop. You know, okay. it, was, it was one of those situations where there were so many different artists that we had built relationships with. You know, I'd been in radio for 10 years. Um, fostered a lot of really wonderful relationships, and folks just kept calling, like, you know, can you do a show? Can you do a show? Can wow. you do a show? So some of the mainstay, mainstay artists have been folks like Roy Yers, who's been, like, a tremendous mentor. Okay. Uh, worked a lot with Lake Nubians, Kindred the Family Soul, Raheem Devon. Um, had a chance to work with Anthony David in Algebra. And for so long, the artists that we had programmed in radio here then I got the opportunity to take them to other markets. So we okay. began booking shows in Chicago, New York, D.C., and other markets across the country. Um, City Winery had become one of my major clients. Okay. Um, but then also working with a series of independent venues as well. Now, it's a lot of, of, of young folks that want to be in this in this whole world that you work in, especially on the entertainment side. Everybody want to be in entertainment. But... How do you really get your foot in the door? Is it really because, you know, we, we give folks this bland advice. Well, you know, business by relationships. But don't nobody really break it down to you and really tell you what that truly, truly means. So how do people start to build a, these type of relationships with, like, city, city winery and a lot of the big booking agents and this type of stuff? How do you get those relationships? I mean, that's a, I mean, that's a wide question. But okay. exposure to the industry is everything. So if you're ever lucky enough to have a mentor or somebody who, who gets you inspired first and foremost, okay. and then it's the grit that comes after that, right? Um, you know, one of the things I say is I spend a lot of time proving people wrong, you know, okay. because folks will always try to discourage you say that you can't do certain kind of shows, that certain artists won't do well. Um, so you have to have enough within yourself, really, to know what's your niche, who's your audience, and to pursue it. Um, for me, um, I was really lucky in that, you know, I had media people in my family. So I was exposed to media, marketing, advertising okay. at a very young age. You know, I had a chance to work at WGCI Radio in Chicago at like 17, 18 years old. Um, you know, we were also, a lot of us also were inspired by Spike Lee back in the day. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And, uh, I was so much so that I came down to go to Morehouse to, to eventually start learning about communications. So, you know, exposure is everything, getting your hands on it. People, I think also underestimate the value of internships. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, because you really get a chance to see the business from the bottom up. You know, you get a chance to see the contracts, you get a chance to see how to interact with people. Um, you get a chance to troubleshoot production scenarios. So, 
it's, it's really about starting off with exposure, and then once you're exposed, going for it. Wow. Now, one big thing uh, uh, that you said was uh, proving people wrong. Mm-hmm. Where do you find that confidence to make you feel like, all right, this is what I know, what I know. I know I'm right, okay? So I don't got no problem with going up against the so-called authorities in these industries because yeah. the, the biggest thing with me, uh, I played it safe a lot. Mm-hmm. I listened to a lot of different people, but one of the biggest things I found was, I, I hate to say it like this because it sounds egotistical, but it was like a lot of the folks I was listening to, I knew more than what they were talking about anyway, and right. it took a while before I was like, I don't need to listen to them. I just need to listen to what's inside me and right. just do my own thing. Right. And then the crazy part, when I actually started doing my own thing, that's when I became successful other than listening to everybody else. Right, right. So how did you find that so early on in your career that you you knew that you had that that passion or you had something inside you telling you that you were right? Well, you know, because I started in the industry at such a young age, um, I was always doing intergenerational types of events and activities. So I was programming for people 8 to 80, you know what I mean? Um, And so, you know, I always have a tremendous amount of respect for my elders and my mentors, you know, uh, people like George Daniels and Carl McKenzie and, you know, they're an art Norman. Like there are a lot of folks who kind of kind of took me under their wing. Um, and so they were the ones that really kind of showed me the magnitude of what the business could be. Okay. Um, older mentors also would challenge you, you know, young boy, you don't know nothing about this. And you'd have to go back to the well and learn about it. Um, as an entrepreneur in this in this environment that we're in now, um, you know, I always had a foot in corporate. And then I also always had a foot on the entrepreneurial side. And the entrepreneurial side really became my lab. Okay. You know, because you would always have to face that gauntlet of 40 or 50 people telling you what you can't do. Let me create my own lab. Um, You know, even in terms of my initial relationship with City Winery and several of these venues, um, they didn't really understand the uh, engagement of urban and African-American audiences. They still don't. <laughs> and they, you know what I mean? And so it became a handful of us who kind of walked in there to say, you know, your website has all of these artists. But if you're talking to African-American consumers, you need to find a way to directly engage with them. You need to figure out ways to build positive media relationships. You need to figure out other ways to, to really tap into that audience. And, and you can trust us to help you do that. <laughs> the thing is... That is something that was a conversation that was started by my mentor, Chuck Morrison, who started the whole ethnic marketing community thing with Coca-Cola. And it's still the same conversation like 30 years later. It's ongoing. 40 years later. It's amazing. It's ongoing. I mean, it never stops. People, and, and you know, and, and we're a dynamic segment as well, though, right? Absolutely. So we don't ever stay stay still exactly. for too long. We're right? fluid. Right? Yeah. So. Absolutely. Wow. Now, um, what what's some of the uh, artists or what's some of the the type of things that you guys do at Hot Ice Entertainment? You know we um, we're expanding. So one of the things that's kind of happened, um, and we were starting to develop our strategy even before the whole COVID nineteen thing jumped off. Okay, is now really bringing a greater fusion of live entertainment and technology together. Um, wonderful segue to come on after the brother with pay per view because there are some other African American pay per view networks that are starting okay. to launch. Um, our role is basically to provide content for them. Okay. Um, we are also working more actively with different technology providers. So, you know, there are times where folks observe that there might be some challenges with that last mile of Internet access. Um, you know, there are also some instances where now we want 
to make sure that we're social distancing, you know, and contact free. So what are those ticketing systems that allow us to do that? Okay. Um, you know, what are some of the headphone, Bluetooth types of technology that are out there that really allow everybody to be kind of hands off? So we, we've, we're just evolving with that piece of it. Um, we initially started off doing uh, festivals, so I had the opportunity to program the National Black Arts Festival. Wow. Um, do some stuff with the Atlanta Jazz Festival, um, some of the festivals up in the D.C. area. Um, but by the same token, we also made our niche in intimate concerts. Okay. So, so what is that new hybrid model now? Does that mean that we're now socially distancing, doing outdoor concerts, drive-in concerts? What are some of those pivots that allow us to still be true to live entertainment but still work within the parameters of what's going on in the world. Well, you know, think, it's, yeah, go ahead. I'm go just saying, I hope that we find out what that medium, that happy medium will be, because I'm a festival lover. I love <laughs> festival. I'm a foodie and I'm a music festival aficionado. So I, I don't like the idea of not being able to go to the music festivals. Right. And um, so I'm really hoping that we can figure that out. Absolutely. Uh, one of the biggest things, um, what was I going with that? Uh, do you think the social distancing thing is a, a permanent thing? Do you think that from here on out, everybody's going to have a different take on being in public just because of what we've gone through in this COVID crisis? Or do you think that we we kind of uh, we, we kind of go back to normal at some point? Well, you know, I, I think it's a generational thing, you know, okay. because as I observe younger people, <laughs> younger demographics, they're not afraid of this no. at all. You know, and, and ultimately it's the 20-somethings that change every generation. So if they weren't afraid to be in the midst of, you know, to, to protest in the midst of a pandemic, no. Now, you know, I'm also a bit of a, a science fiction junkie. And, okay. you know, we've been watching movies for the last 10 to 15 years where they had on masks. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, um, you know, I think your previous guest uh, really made an important point that this, this environment is really just a level set things, right? Okay. There are certain things from a hygiene standpoint that should have been considered a whole long time ago. Okay. Um, you know, even as me and my team sat through some of our strategic planning, a lot of the tech platforms that are out, they were prime back then. They're imperative now. Okay. Um, so, you know, and, and everything, again, continues to evolve. Media is more and more fragmented. Um, I think that people like me and yourself and yourself need to add some of that same kind of marketing and promotions acumen to technology that wasn't there before. There oh, yeah. are lots of platforms. People have lots of choices. How can we make sure that we differentiate ourselves with a better experience? Now, do you see the same old people winning? Uh, because a lot of times what ends up happening, you know, we get these new mediums. We get the, the new social networks. We get TikTok. We get uh, the 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 Snapchats, the parlors, you know, all this new stuff that's popping up. And typically what what you see is the same people winning on TV is the same people that come and dominate these social platforms. And you get it, don't get me wrong, you get a couple kids that, you know, boost their thing up and, and they actually get to go. But how can average, ordinary people start to win on these platforms? You know, that's a, you know, that's a wonderful question. You know, um, for me, the gorilla in the room is Live Nation, right? Okay. And AEG and all of those big boys. Like, they just have the capital. They own radio stations. They own venues. Um, you know, but we just have to be a lot more creative and a lot more resourceful. You know, in Chicago, they really keep an eye on what I do up there um, because they're always trying to co-opt it, right? Okay. And, and, you know... Um, I remember, you know, Roy Ayers, who's one of my clients and one of my mentors, you know, somebody posed a question to him, how do we keep folks from co-opting black music? He said, well, they've always been co-opting black That's music. Yeah. It's just up to us to keep making better black music. How do we continue to stay ahead of them? You know, uh, I've got another buddy who's always really uh, 
paranoid about algorithms, right? Okay. Not realizing that we feed the algorithms and we can create <laughs> our own algorithms, right? So in the same way that we were doing street team promotion and selling music out the trunks of cars, you know, there's there's still things that we can do oh, yeah. to affect our audiences and to influence the way that people consume entertainment and music. Now, what what how do you think we, uh, especially in the entertainment game, uh, how do you think we equalize the the fact of our lack of access to capital? Because, like you said, you have these huge companies like Live Nation. Even in my business, you know, we have to fight against you know the big CNNs, the big Fox networks, and you know all these type of people. And they got this just huge just amount of access to capital that we don't have because what we find a lot of times is banks don't want to invest in black companies. Right. Let's just be honest about it. And then for us, a lot of times it's. Every dime that we make, it's got to go right back into something, and it's got to bring some more money back to us. So what is that equalizer? I understand we got the Internet and this type of stuff, but even on the Internet, sure. money still dominates. Whoever can spend the most gets the most exposure, gets the most publicity. So how can we actually uh, start to equalize this whole uh, arena? You know, that's um, being in Atlanta, um, you know, um, we're starting to be viewed more as a tech epicenter. Okay. Of the southeast. And you've got Silicon Harlem up in New York and, of course, Silicon Valley. And it's really how we get more actively involved. We have got some of the most brilliant people, you know, just like the brother who was on before. Oh, yeah. We've got engineers. We've got lawyers. So how do we get together collectively first and just make sure that we've got a solid business plan? Um, from there, you know, it's up to us to determine. You know, when you look at the different kind of financing models, so certainly there are angel investors out there. Um, and there are other types of investment strategies that are out there. Those are things that we can pursue. And if we're lucky, those windows will and doors will continue to open for us. You know, but, you know, black folks are also resilient people. And when it comes to bootstrapping, oh, yeah. you know, we always identify our audience first. Um, so really, how do we make more equitable deals at this point, right? Okay. How do we start to, as we're dealing with artists, how do we give them a little bit earlier upfront equity as opposed to just paying out the big lump sum. You know, there are different types of models that we need to start considering. Um, yeah, I mean, and we've, and, and people like us have always kind of coexisted against the big boys. Um, um, I just want to see us win one time. That's, that's, that's my will. biggest thing. I, I'm so sick of, I'm so sick of watching because I work with the Urban League and, and uh, a whole bunch of other these black organizations, and I always see us coming up last. And that's, I think, the most heartbreaking thing for me is the simple fact of most of these demographics, home ownership, business ownership, uh, uh, investing, all this type of stuff, we keep coming up last in all these economics. And that's what I really want to for yeah. us to change. I mean, per capita, you know, it's, it's you know, People from the Middle East make the most money, they're yeah. Asians and white people, you know, and then us. So, you know, just in terms of the overall stratus, we're coming in with lower money to work with. Um, I think that we have found opportunities to leverage brands to invest in us more. And that's certainly an opportunity, particularly if they're brands that our community purchases from. Right. Um, so that there are more partnership opportunities to probably, you know, to, to extract capital that way. Um, you know, but we have to just be more responsible. You know, as a, as a student, even of black media, you know, we have had tremendous opportunities. At one point, we owned lots and lots of radio stations. And at one point, we owned cable networks. And there are two brains on that. You know, do you just increase the value of something and sell it? Or do you continue to maintain and hold on to it? So that we can continue to cycle. So, I, I mean, what you're saying is a really big question because it's not like we don't have 
black billionaires. It's not like we don't have people who have incredible knowledge base. Oh, yeah. You know, but the only time it seems like we really talk about collective cooperative economics is around Kwanzaa. That's not something that we talk about all day, every day. I got you. Well, I tell you what, man, I I definitely don't want me and you to be the first blacks to do anything. Our story should just be normal, (laughs) just every day. I'm I'm serious. I get so so sick and tired of hearing those type of phrases, the first black to do this, first black to do that. We ought to just be normal along with everybody else. Our success should be just as normal as anybody else. Once again, uh, the the one and only Ken Rye from Ken Rye Marketing, and I don't have other marketing companies on my show, <laughs> so you special, right? <laughs> and 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 uh, the one and only Norma Standard. That music telling me we got to go, so we almost out. Of, we are out of time for today. Thank you. Uh, if somebody wants to get in contact with you, how can they follow you? Um, you can find me everywhere at at Ken Rye Marketing. At Ken Rye Marketing. Also, uh, follow me on social media at IMKCPride. You can follow me on Twitter, Instagram, uh, Facebook. I do apologize for the audio problems that we had tonight, uh, but just hang in tight. I promise we're going to be back next week, and I will make sure that y'all have the audio for this show tonight because it was a great one, and you definitely do not want to miss. So uh, check out the podcast on Wednesday, and we are out. <laughs>